The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the lending partner with the products, people, and technology to serve your customers and help you grow your business in the best ways possible. It's why they say, at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, equal housing lender. NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Fannie Mae this morning reported solid earnings for the first quarter of 2022, but officials caution they expect the U.S. economy to face a modest recession in the second half of the year. This is The Principle. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network, and today I'm joined by staff writer David Krzyzewski. So, Fannie Mae released its first quarter earnings today. Were they good? They were not bad, I guess is the best way to describe them. They weren't quite as good as uh, Freddie Mac's were last week, but they were still pretty solid. They earned a net income of $4.4 billion in the first quarter. That was down 15% from the fourth quarter and down 12% from the same quarter last year. But interestingly, their, uh, their net worth increased dramatically from last year, uh, something like 71%. Uh, so they they have a, a much larger portfolio than they had even a year ago. So their earnings were were down just a little bit, but um, they were their net income was up because they've acquired more. Well, their net their their book value was more because they added more loans. They added more purchase loans. They acquired more refinance loans too. But the majority of what they acquired was purchase loans. And again. You know their earnings were down, but they weren't as they weren't down as much as some of the other bank big banks out there that or other lenders that have had significant issues because of the lack of inventory and rising interest rates. So they acquired more purchase loans. So I mean, does that mean that there are still more purchases out there? I mean, obviously refis are are shrinking. Well, yeah, there's some concern about that given the state of the economy. Uh, and and they expressed some concerns during a webcast this morning where they discussed the earnings because there's a lot of uncertainty of what's going to happen the rest of the year. So um, what are some of the other economic indicators that that they're watching then? Well, they listed a bunch of them, not the least of which is the Fed is meeting today and or starting to meeting today and ending tomorrow on what they're going to do with their federal funds rate as well as what their plans are for trying to rein in the inflation for the rest of the year. Uh, they, they're expected to start selling off some of their assets, and that's going to tighten the monetary situation for everyone. So that's thing one. Thing two is, again, COVID is still an issue, and, and it's affecting supply chains. It's affecting workers. It's, causing, it's also part of the reason we have inflation. So there's that too. And then there's other things, including, and again, this is no small thing, the war in Ukraine, which is upsetting economies all over the world. So Fannie Mae officials may be celebrating today a little bit, but what do they say the the future holds? Well, they're 
their concern is, again, what the Fed is going to do and what that's going to mean for the housing market. They said they don't expect a major recession like we had in 2008, especially when the housing market crashed back then. They say the, the metrics are different. Uh, most organizations are now better able and a better position to handle mortgage delinquencies and things like that. They have forbearance programs that they're used to using and the ability to extend those to homeowners so that homeowners can remain in their homes. Back in 2008, there were all, just a humongous number of foreclosures going on and banks taking back properties. That's that's not going to happen this time. And then the other thing that's going on is overall, everyone's in a much better position financially than they were back in 2008. So, you know, Fannie Mae's at no risk of failing. Freddie Mac's at no risk of failing. They've been uh, sort of helped along by the federal government and the treasury, and they're in much better financial conditions than they have been in a long, long time. So the bottom line is, yeah, things are may get a little tight and may get a little bad in, in the second half of the year, but they don't expect them to be nearly as bad as they were in 2008. And and so how does this the Fannie Mae report compare to the Freddie Mac report of last week? Well, overall, I think, you know, the the earnings report wasn't quite as strong for Fannie as it was for Freddie, but they're both doing really well. I think you can kind of take that away, that they're both in really strong financial positions that the uh, conservatorship that the Treasury Department has had for these organizations for many years has really worked. And these organizations are in a position to move forward depending on what happens with the economy, but they're they're not in such bad shape that it could be a, a disaster. They're, that's not going to happen. These these organizations are, are being run very well and seem to be able to handle things as, as whatever happens going forward. We know that the Fed is expected to increase interest rates. I mean, do we think that um, their earnings will be as strong in the next quarter because we, you know, they could raise rates again in, in June at this point? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's a lot of talk that the Fed increase is already built into the rates because everyone's expecting them to raise it by half a point. I think the surprise will come will be if the Fed does something they don't expect. They announce a smaller rate increase, maybe because the GDP report showed there was a slowdown beginning to sort of take effect. Uh, on the other hand, you know they may feel, oh, we need to do something stronger than a half point. Uh, and if they come out with a you know, a three quarters point rate increase that that could change the whole ball game. No one's really expecting that at this point, but you never know. And the Fed can only control what what they can control, right? I mean, so we have all these other economic factors out there. Um, you know, we we have uh, the war in Ukraine, as you mentioned. We have the supply chain issues created by, by COVID. We have the workforce issues um, created by COVID. Um, so. What is their feeling on on these? Well, again, the Fed has one, really one or two tools it can use to try to affect the economy. One is the federal funds rate. The other is what they do with their balance sheet. They're holding almost $9 trillion in, in treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. They've never had a balance sheet like that ever before. And how they offload that is going to be really interesting. They have set certain parameters that they're going to follow going forward. So everyone, it's not going to be a surprise if they stick to that plan. 
if at some point they decide to need to moderate it, moderate it a little bit, whether that's increase it or decrease it based on what's happening in the economy, that's really going to be a factor of what happens after they start offloading all these treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. Um, you know, they've talked about how they're not going to do it the way it was done in the past. They did it fairly quickly the last time they did it. It's going to be much more measured, I think, this time. But again, <laughs> they're holding a lot of money and they have to f find a way to release it back into the economy without causing a major disruption. And that's not, that's, that's walking a tightrope. That's, it's going to be very difficult to, to pull off. David, thank you so much for your insight. We'll have the rest of your headlines after this word from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to learn more about becoming a partner and starting your journey to greatness. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, May 3rd. The Federal Reserve is about to deliver its biggest punch yet in the fight against surging inflation. Policymakers start a two-day meeting today, and they are widely expected to raise interest rates by half a percentage point, the largest rate hike in more than two decades. After a 10-year high in March, the reverse mortgage industry experienced April showers with a decrease of 3.8% in loan volume. That's according to the April Home Equity Conversion Mortgage Industry Report from Reverse Mortgage Insight. And finally, First American Financial Corp. announced today that it has completed its acquisition of Motherload Holding Company, a California-based provider of title insurance, underwriting, and escrow services for the residential and commercial real estate transactions. The terms of the deal were not disclosed. This has been The Principle, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All episodes are produced by T.G. Cotemporor and Matthew Mullins. Mike Savino is head of multimedia and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygaze. You can find episodes of The Principle at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review so that others can find it. Thanks for listening.